Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Chrisette Michelle held hands with her band members during a final prayer as she posed for a pre-show Instagram photo and stepped out into what remains of a career battered by a five-minute, 18-second association with who? President Donald Trump. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. The Keswick Theater in the suburb of Philadelphia sits in a region that is the mecca of the neo-soul music that earned Ms. Michelle a dozen years of fame, a record deal at 23, and a career-validating Grammy. But a few days after Christmas, the diehard fans clotted near the stage to hear Michelle sing and were surrounded by empty seats. It had been two years since Michelle made what many predicted would be a career-ending decision, singing at one of Trump's inaugural balls. She accepted the gig against the advice of her fans, former collaborators, even her husband. She believed the performance would be an opportunity to be a bridge in a fractured nation. Instead, it sent her life into a tailspin. The 36-year-old lost an album distribution deal. Radio stations stopped playing her songs. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, endured a miscarriage that she publicly attributed to stress from death threats, and a hydrant of criticism. The singer, who wrote Strong Black Woman, wondered if she'd ever just stop singing forever. She told her critics that she's no political genius, but she recognized that's irrelevant. In the age of social media and partisan politics, it's impossible to separate the artist from the person. Her music, she acknowledged, can't exist in a cultural vacuum. Quote, while I felt like people took so much away from me in those two years, I'm more grateful for finally having time to look back at the last 12, she referred, releasing a statement with her new album, And I think that is the bright side. I want people to know that it's okay to expect more from me. It's okay to expect more from me. While trying to rebuild her career, Michelle is mentoring other black women and focusing on her mental health. And she's using her social media platforms to call for followers to vote. On November 6th, we get the opportunity to change the narrative and rebalance the scale, she wrote before the midterm elections. Your voice matters. My voice matters. So basically, Ms. Michelle, she's been rebuked. She's been punished. She's been reconditioned to follow the leftist herd. She has endured the error of her ways. And now can know that, you know, if you don't comply, if you don't acquiesce to the left, you will feel the wrath. Your business will be destroyed. Your performances will be emptied. Your musical tour support, radio, television, all nixed. You will be banned from the public square. If you're conservative, you'll be run out of restaurants. You'll be eliminated or blacked out from social media platforms run by leftist tech gurus. Back to the article. She still feels the sting of former fans who saw themselves in her music then accused her of selling her blackness to a presidential candidate who, while on the campaign trail, repeatedly cast black Americans as impoverished people living in hell holes and dependent on food stamps. Wow, 
Lots of out of context statements there. But there will be no forgiveness. As legion of fans have refused to come back, she's realized that a footnote of her career, or perhaps its epitaph, will be her connection to a man she didn't vote for. We listen to artists. We are looking for their consciousness and their identity. One of the uh, music industry uh, spokespeople said, people heard enough in her music to align it with their personal struggle. Whether it was a racial or gender struggle, at the end of the day, we want our celebrities to be advocate and activist for those of us in those places. You know, that's complete crap. They barely know this chick from her lyrics. And if lyrics were the case, all of those crazy songs by all of the hip-hop artists that, you know, they go out and say, well, that's not me. You know, I didn't say go slap a hoe. I didn't say go drop a cap in this guy's ass. I didn't be Beyonce, say, pay my cell phone bills. It's just a song. It's just an artistic expression. So now we can say no. Look, people are identifying with your artistic expressions, and you know what? We require you to be better than yourself. I mean, use that standard, because that's what we're dealing with. This lady, her entire career was destroyed by trying to bridge the gap. She took it upon herself to go, you know what? There's a lot of division in the nation and we need to elevate, you know, those who are looking to have a conversation. No, conversations cannot happen in the era of Trump. You can't even go to a gym. Listen to this. A man was asked not to wear his T-shirt supporting President Donald Trump at a gym that he's attending in Troy, Missouri. Staff Sergeant Jake Talbot, the guy is a sergeant says he has worn his T-shirt to CDY Fitness in Troy many times before, but on Sunday, he said the owner asked him not to wear the shirt again, saying the shirt was offensive to her and others. It is a Trump 2020 shirt. It looks like his campaign poster. but That's offensive. I was puzzled there for a second. She said that it was racist and represents racism, and that's when I asked, um, oh, are you done? (laughs) Talbot says she finished his workout before posting his uh, frustrations to Facebook. The owner, Liz, came up to me and said the Trump t-shirt I had on was offensive and said I needed to remove it in order to work out there. That it is linked to racism. I hate the word. It's used way too loosely. It's 2019. Get the hell over it. It's not racism. Exactly, Mr. Talbert. The gym's owner declined an interview, but says the shirt made several members uncomfortable. You know, she's in her legal bounds. She can tell him not to wear the shirt. But he doesn't have to work out there, and anyone who is related to this individual should think about getting a new gym. But you remember how we've talked about this ad nauseum on my show. This is how the media operates in the era of Trump. You know, we talk about the cycle that the media has in the era of Trump. An incident occurs, the media finds an opportunity to exploit it. They build on a narrative in order to destroy their political enemies, and then they cherry-pick details, even portions of videos and events to support their false narrative. They have influence channels, whether it's TV, whether it's radio, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's social media, mediums that they can effectively amplify themselves into being something bigger than the minuscule numbers they are. But they have the largest megaphones, so it sure looks like that more people are on board with their leftist crap. They've successfully accomplished this with the Red MAGA hat. The Red MAGA hat is the dog whistle. It has been vilified into the KKK hood, according to Alyssa Milano, 
who said, I took a lot of grief over the fact that I equivocated the red MAGA hat with the KKK hood. I'm going to write an op-ed. I'm sure we're all going to be waiting for that. Pins and needles there, Sam Malone. Or Sam Maselli. Sam Malone was from Cheers. (laughs) Whatever, Sam. But you know what? They've accomplished this. They've spent two years of continuous vilification of MAGA hats. You know, now it's just, it triggers somebody within 100 feet of one. And you know what? I've seen lots of people who supported this president because they did not like a corrupter in chief possibility, a corrupt lady who uses power to fortify her family's foundation and will use to basically circumvent the law and accomplish whatever she wants to accomplish, you know, gun running in Benghazi, uranium deals to the Russians, setting up a uh, uh, Silicon Valley type place in Russia, being kicked back financially for that while the Russians use that as a way to get our military intelligence all circumvented um, under the emails that were released to the public, shown that she is a fraud and that she can't even keep classified information classified as she dumps it on a server in a bathroom up in the Pacific Northwest. You know, you can jiggle the handle for the for the uh, for the VPN, you know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous how we're allowed to let this lady go about her business when she is the most corrupt person in the world. And we should have supported her. But because we didn't and some people actually cared about this nation and they walk around with a red hat on like some people that go to my church, a church that has been in existence for longer than the country itself. They house British soldiers un you know, unwillingly, but it happened. And they were in existence long before. Old people in their 60s and 70s, 60s is not old to me, but 70s, 80s, they're walking into church. They got a red MAGA hat on. And you know what? They don't realize they are a target for the left. They are a violent target. And that's what we're dealing with now. That's what happened this past weekend. You know, the whole, uh, the whole March for Our Lives, you know, happened over the weekend And I talked a little bit about the March for Our Lives on the last show, but here's the thing. These people were then vilified by leftist organizations and the news media. More importantly, a group of kids, a group of kids wearing MAGA hats who were in the nation's capital waiting to be picked up were vilified. And the news media basically turned them into a pariah instantly. A group of kids out of town wearing bright MAGA hats in D.C., So with my experience visiting D.C., and I live a couple hours away from the Capitol, so, you know, it's quite, quite, uh, you know, it's it's pretty, I'm not a stranger to D.C. I'm not not a stranger to the craziness of D.C., but it's, it's easy for me to see that there were probably people out on the prowl, the black Israelites, the indigenous people, anyone searching for a confrontation with a conservative group, going to find one pretty easily out there in, uh, in D.C., especially after the, uh, the March for Our Life event. You could put on a blindfold, swing a stick around, hit a conservative. That'll make you uncomfortable with people filming while you spout off your ideological BS. The entire incident could have been predicted. And remember the rule of thumb for the Trump-era media... When a story manifests itself, the details leave little to no logical reason or explanations. If you see something in the news and you're like, 
What the heck happened there? That makes absolutely no sense. Begin to start investigating. Begin to start Googling. Go on Twitter and start searching the hashtags, searching the names, and start screenshotting things. Because guess what? You're going to start to see a different story than what the news media reported. That's been my experience. And in fact, think about the past media narratives. Let's build a racism narrative. Let's build a xenophobia narrative. Let's let's make people look like they're afraid of Muslim kids. Toxic masculinity of male whites. Rape culture in college campuses. Remember Trayvon Martin? He was the he was a preteen killed by white a white Hispanic while he was out getting Skittles. You saw a picture of a 10-year-old. Wow, I was like, what happened here? What happened with this 10-year-old black kid? Who killed him? A white Hispanic guy? I didn't even know white Hispanics existed. And he was just going out for Skittles? Oh, come to find out that he was a neighborhood watch guy. And he was a little trigger happy. You know, he was a little itchy fingered. But he was a Hispanic guy. And he's watching this guy walk through his neighborhood. And he's a little bit nervous about his reactions and uh, and some of his uh, dealings. He's a big looking dude with a hoodie on who decided he didn't like the way that George Zimmerman was looking at him. And what did he do? He attacked him in his vehicle, to which Zimmerman pulled out a gun and defended himself and killed the kid. And you know what? We got a different story. How about Ahmed the Clock Kid? Oh, yeah, Obama. I like your clock there, Ahmed. I was, like, online logging on, and I kept seeing, I can't believe they suspended this Muslim kid over his clock. And I was like, what the heck happened with this clock? They suspended a kid from school over a clock? And then I start seeing pictures of the clock. Silver pencil case. Looked like a briefcase. The clock looked like the Jack Bauer 24 countdown clock that you see on every TV show. Every show that has some sort of, you know, NYPD Blue, CSI, NY, whatever, NCIS, and they're, oh my gosh, we need the bomb technician to, you know, to defuse the bomb. Don't pull the red wire, pull the black one. Three seconds remaining on the clock. Beep, beep. That's what his clock looked like. And people told him, hey, I, you know, the teacher was like, ah, I mean, I would probably leave that in the locker. I wouldn't take that to another classroom. He's like, no, that's okay. I'm going to carry it around with me all day until I get suspended. And that's what happened. But the news media gave a completely different story. How about Michael Brown? Oh, he was killed execution style in the middle of the street. The cop came up to him and said, get on your knees. And he put his hands up, hands up, don't shoot. And they shot him in the back of the head only to find out that, oh, he actually was high on drugs, beat the living crap out of the convenience store clerk, stole from him, walked in the middle of the street, only to be questioned by the police, who said, hey, um, can you get out of the street? And then that ended up pushing him to the point where he attacked the cop, bum-rushed him, and then struggled with the cop who was trying to maintain his weapon from the gentle giant. He pulled out his gun, the gun goes off, and he ends up killing him in self-defense. But... That's not what we heard about from the media. How about the CNN meme guys? Oh, they put a meme out of CNN getting tackled by Donald Trump in a wrestling ring. Oh my gosh, we're going to dox this guy. Let's blackmail him and say, you better come clean and give us the name of the guy who made that, re- that, that meme or we're going to come down on you and put all your personal information into the public square. That's media. How about the Khashoggi narrative? Oh my gosh, Khashoggi. 
he was a Washington Post reporter and he was chopped up by the Saudis in Turkey and Erdogan had nothing to do with it. Never mind the fact that he's an Islamist. He's a Muslim Brotherhood apologist. And he housed and hid Osama bin Laden from the United States. But don't let's let's not talk about that. How about Hamas at the Israeli border? Oh, they're just trying to cross the border and those mean old Jewish people are putting up fences and taking away their land. Oh, never mind the fact that they're flying kites over with bombs on them and they're sending all of their military, their military might. Every single person shot trying to cross the border with some sort of violent agenda, all confirmed to be terrorists from Hamas. It's like the illegal immigrants in their cages. Oh my gosh, they're putting kids in cages. They're separating from their parents. It's just mothers and kids crossing the border that want a new life. They're trying to escape violence from their, their home country. And they, they need refugee status because even though their country has a high crime rate, apparently that's enough for refugee status. But what ends up really coming to fruition is it was the same level of procedure being operated under during the Obama administration. Oh, yeah, 2014, 2015, 2013. Remember those years where we talked about the flood across the border? The flood that the Obama administration proactively knew was coming. They predicted it six months before by hiring additional ICE and DHS agents. They put out an ad. We're going to need more people to drive trucks for DHS. Oh, wonder why? Because they're going to have to bus more illegal immigrants that are going to flood through the gates of our southern border on, uh, you know, during the summertime six months later. But it's only Donald Trump's administration that's putting them in cages, those mean old bastards. It's like the news media with Duke Lacrosse. Oh, the Duke Lacrosse, those rapists, they're out there attacking these women. Oh, uh, oh, that never happened? Oh, the stripper was lying? Oh, guess what? There are people that have joined the Duke Lacrosse team Years after the original Duke lacrosse team players were on the team who were actually thrown under the bus with this whole thing, some of these new Duke lacrosse players are vilified as well. They weren't even on the freaking team. But the reason why that happens is because the news media narrative was allowed to sit. Charlottesville UVA rape case, same thing. Is it any surprise that we should go, hmm, I wonder if the news media is out to destroy people just for the heck of it. I'd say so. And it's one thing that bothers me. You know one thing that doesn't bother me? It's cat coolers. Cat coolers rock. These things are, speaking of rock, they're rock solid. These things are durable. Go look them up, catcoolers.com. There's many different kinds. They're very durable. If you're a fisherman, say you go out with, you know, on the boat like we do down here on the back bay, and we go for some fish, maybe we uh, take it out to the middle of the ocean. You know, we take it out past uh, uh, you know, we take it out on, on some sea trips because we live right on, on the ocean here. Um, we go to the beach. Maybe I want to take it out on the job site. Maybe I've got a ton of people on the job site and we need to keep things cool all day. Whatever the case may be, Cat Coolers has the cooler for you. And if you use the promo code Adrian, you get 10% off any Cat Cooler. So you're helping yourself by keeping your food cool and you're also helping us out here at the Adrian Slade Show by using the promo code Adrian at checkout, 10% off catcoolers.com, get you one. So the media is already dealing with its credibility blow with the fake story about BuzzFeed and what they did with Michael Cohen 
Oh, Michael Cohen was ordered to lie about a Trump Tower deal to Congress. Oh, my God, because, you know, Trump would have to lie about a deal before he became president or something. Yeah, that's completely stupid and completely a lie. And apparently there are two reporters involved in this story who couldn't get their crap together. But BuzzFeed is the same, you know, organization that would give you a story like 12 anonymous sources you're going to fall in love with if only you knew who they were. Lots of clickbait coming from BuzzFeed, and it's a lot of BS. So I think we need to get into a prime example, something that really got to me over the weekend. Everybody's been talking about it, but I feel I need to give my own personal depiction of it because I watched it in real time, and I saw both sides acting on it, and I saw what the news was given, and then I found what the real source was providing and how everything debunked the narrative. The media's portrayal of the Covington Catholic school kids. You know, they, oh, they were surrounding a Vietnam met, uh, vet. Oh, they were mocking him. Oh, yeah, that's the utter crap that the kids with MAGA hats and, and Native Americans, this is the crap that the media wants to gaslight everyone under. Who really started this indigenous people's taunt? Was it the Covington Catholic school boys? USA Today, Native American veteran, mob mentality and students seen in viral video was scary. But he was a Vietnam veteran, so I think uh, he's probably seen something a little more scary. I would say the collection of the Viet Cong showing up around him would probably be a little more scarier than some teenage kids wearing MAGA hats. The Daily Mail... Native American taunted by MAGA hat wearing youth felt threatened. All of this mis all of these misleading headlines in order to crucify th these kids. But you know what's going to happen soon? Bosses, employers, they're going to fire them under pressure from the rage mob. The school is going to kick them out. They'll never be hired anywhere. They'll never be able to go to college of higher learning because they might have wore a red MAGA hat. Don't go into the R&B world. <laughs> you will not get a gig. And if you believe something politically opposed to the left, then they can use it to entrap you. If they can, you'll be damned from society for the rest of your life, basically. I mean, look at the political gaslighting that happened with this whole thing. Presidential candidates pushing media misinformation, produced propaganda built to turn public opinion in order to craft a narrative of the abusive right wing. Elizabeth Warren. Omaha elder and Vietnam veteran Nathan Phillips endured hateful taunts with dignity and strength and then urged us all to do better. Oh, really? Is that, is that what happened there, Ms. Warren? I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable. Jamie Lee Curtis jumped in, and to her credit, she actually apologized when more of the information came out. Cher, she said, no one is safe in Trump's America unless they're white. And are wearing a MAGA hat. You know? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss? I guess it's, she said, let's not forget, this entire event happened because a group of boys went on a school-sanctioned trip to protest a woman's right to her own body and reproductive health care. That's all right, move to New York. You can abort them the day before they come out the womb. It's not debatable that bigotry was at play from the start. An SNL writer, she decided to uh, offer some hummers for punches. Oh, yeah. 
Sarah, what's her name? Sarah. This is how much I really give a crap about Sarah Beatty. She said, I will blow whoever manages to punch that MAGA kid in the face. So she's offering Hummers for punches. Chris, El uh, Chris Evans, everyone's favorite Captain America douchebag. He said, this is appalling. The ignorance, the gall, the disrespect, it's shameful. And sadly on brand, when something like this isn't even surprising, it's evidence to our place in the cycle of recreating our darkest chapters. That Native American man showed incredible strength and dignity. Well, let's get into what the media painted as the picture of what happened. Let's get into the audio clips of what really happened. And let's get into the fallout and some of the other ensuing details that rose to the surface that I think we should all hear about. We should all take in so that we get a full story of what really happened versus what the press said happened. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. Because it incites fear in all those around us. Every person is afraid of that hat. I'm afraid of that hat. Keep America great. For so many people, that's racism. Yeah, but that's because of the mainstream media's narrative that's painted Donald Trump as a racist. I don't agree with the, I don't agree with the narrative. I'm out here to try to share that my that, that narrative is skewed. But as a human being. You should pay attention to fear and not logic. Wait, wait, you said pay attention to fear and not logic? Yes. I should have paid attention to emotions and not facts? Yes. Why would I pay attention to emotions when... Facts are real in this world. Facts, facts are facts. facts. No, emotions are real. Emotions no, is one so. removed from spirit. I find that it is hard to trust others. You shouldn't trust the mainstream media. You should, like, start listening and looking at... What media do you suggest? That is saying, don't trust knowledge operate in darkness. No, go look up facts. Go look up, like... Actual statistics, in fact, with a few research, fact. emotion is real. But emotions change. The dog whistle that is the MAGA hat. That is the thing that melts down delicate, fragile leftist. And this is the also, this is also the reason why both sides of the aisle came to the assumption that these kids from this Catholic school were already at fault. Because when they talked about it in the media, it basically came out as, well, these kids, these MAGA kids, they're wearing these hats. They must have done something wrong. That's basically how it was framed. And of course, like I said, you had everybody from celebrities to writers uh, for comedy shows and, and SNL uh, writers and Disney producers lumping in on them. And you had politicians like Ted Lieu and Elizabeth Warren, you even had Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was out there saying that Donald Trump on MLK Day was racist. Today we talk about justice and today we talk about racism. And I must tell you, it gives me no pleasure to tell you that we now have a president of the United States who is a racist. We have a president of the United States who has done something that no other president in modern history has done. What a president is supposed to do is to bring us together. And we have a president intentionally, purposely, 
is trying to divide us up by the color of our skin, by our gender, by the country we came from, by our religion. So the news media basically said there was this Indian at the Lincoln Bridge over there in D.C., and he suddenly was surrounded by all these smirking red MAGA hat kids from an all-boys Catholic school, you know, basically saying, well, it was these Catholic Christians who are intolerant. And not only that, it's toxic masculinity like uh, Gillette was talking about last week because look at this. They're out there catcalling women and they're talking about how rape is okay. It's only, it's only rape if you like it, which that wasn't even a member of that school. It was actually somebody who is an innocent bystander trying to inject themselves into the conversation. We had the bl uh, black Israelites out there and you know, they, they have freedom of speech, so they're allowed to say whatever they want, yet no one is doxing them. No one has said, hey, have you seen the address and name and in place of employment of those five black Israelites who are out there calling the uh, kids uh, fags and calling them incest bread, dusty crackers? I mean, we didn't, we don't see any of that. But, you know, we actually get to the point where not only did the politicians jump on, not only did the celebrities and the writers and the movie producers jump on, conservatives jumped on like Meghan McCain. Yeah, Meghan McCain got out there, threw herself out in front of the whole thing and basically tried to inject herself to say, well, you know, I have to apologize because I didn't think of this through all the way. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for getting in the middle of all this and just assuming, what did she say? My friend Robbie Stove, who was one of the writers who basically refuted this in the very beginning, is one of the best journalists I know. I, like many others, have reacted too quickly, apologized for being part of the media pile-on. Yeah, because you shouldn't have piled on. Apparently Ben Shapiro even made early assumptions on it. And these are our thought leaders. We're supposed to automatically assume that our thought leaders in the conservative movement are without any sort of, uh, you know, without any sort of fallibility. You know, that, that's the part that we have to look at, is we have them out there saying, well, I'm above the fray. You know, I think differently. I'm one of these people who don't just take the road that's always traveled, and, you know, I'm going to talk about these people, even though... I. It may, I, I'm going to be coming from a different place because I'm not a Trumper, but I'm also not a leftist. Well, guess what? Sometimes the thing is what it is. Sometimes what it is is exactly what transpired. And whether or not they had a MAGA hat, and whether or not you want to say that the kids acted stupidly when they were stuck in a, in a uncomfortable situation where some of the kids, you know, they tomahawk chopped and they laughed it up. But I don't ever think it was coming from a place of, being disrespectful for the sake of being an a-hole. You know, some of them were a little douchey, but for the most part, they were caught in a situation as they waited for their bus. But the news media tried to say, oh, look, these kids, they were acting inappropriately. They surrounded the Native American Vietnam vet. And this is what we got out of the very first part of the entire clip. So Nathan Phillips decides to start entering the crowd waiting for the buses and that's when the drums start pounding and that's when the chants from their school their school pep rally chants begin 
And then the kids start joining in with the Vietnam vet because they don't know what the heck's going on. They thought this guy was genuine. And then he tells his buddy, the smirking kid, to be strong, the Nick Sandsman, because he knows that this guy is all up in his face and we don't know where this is going. And so he's watching and this guy is pounding this drum in his face incessantly for quite some time. At a certain point, he makes a nervous face. He's kind of looking around going, what the heck's going on? And starts kind of cracking a smile. Some have said he's doing this to kind of quell the situation so it doesn't look like something that he is uh, trying to escalate. It's actually him just standing his ground. And Nathan Phillips, the indigenous person in question, the Native American, who is a Vietnam vet, which we'll get into in a minute, he has a buddy with him basically talking to uh, one of the kids that was with the smirking kid, Nick Sandsman. And actually, Nick Sandsman, again, looks up and says, hey, 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 don't engage this conversation. He makes a gesture like, hey, look, back off. Let this guy talk. Just listen to, the, to this exchange. Exactly. So he's out there basically refuting this whole claim that Native Americans just were here from creation, that maybe they did come across the Bering Strait. Maybe they aren't indicative of Native America from the get go. And that's when Nick Sandsman's like, hey, hey, just drop it. Don't even worry about it. But we also have to look at how the black Israelites jumped in. Now, real quick, the Native American uh, buddy of Nathan Phillips, he's kind of protecting him in the process. He's all by himself against all of you, and you cannot And it's at this point where the black Israelites start to show back up and start making all types of claims, like mocking scripture and the Bible, calling Donald Trump a homosexual, and also basically saying that America isn't legitimate and that we are a hypocritical nation. You better claim your, claim your past, claim your true history, claim the Greeks, 
claim the Romans. The Greeks was a bunch of homosexuals, just like the Romans. You what? You're proud of sodomy? You look like a product of sodomy. You work with the sodomy. You see that? Hey, scoot back, guys. Scoot back. He said he's a product of sodomy. Let's go! Just like we got a line, let's work the line. Just like the trucks. It's fun. We got a line, let's go. Listen, because I know y'all a little younger than me. So let me show y'all something. Stay back. Go on YouTube, right? And you have to look it up for yourself. Check this out. Probably gonna do that. I'm gonna give y'all something. Check this out. Go on YouTube and look up Donald Trump kisses drag. You're gonna see your president kiss Rudy Giuliani dressed in a drag on your lips. Your, your president is a homosexual. I got news for you. Your president is a homosexual. No, we Donald Trump don't support gays. Donald Trump took the gays, stole the gays that can't be in the army. Ain't y'all supporting Trump? I especially love when they get into the discussion of swearing in on the Bible and the kid was like, you could swear in on a children's book. But here's where it really comes into light. We go back to the black Israelites and at a certain point, the kids are like, hey, um, where are the buses? That's not even a real book. You know what? That's not even a real book. How is it not a real book when, when you go in the judge in the court office and they make us swear on it? They make us swear on the Bible. Oh my. How is hey, it not a real up. book? I can swear on a children's book. That's a great hey, Then America's not a real country. Because you swear on lies. You understand that? This is the hip. Let me show you. If this is not a real book, let me show you what the Bible says about your country. Give me that. Genesis 6. Check this out. They're not going to read this in the Catholic Church. They're not going to read this in your Christian church. Check this one out. I'm going to speak up. The Lord said he shall send us against a hypocritical nation. You make us swear on the Bible. You got on the back of the court system, and God we trust. On the back of your dollar bill, it says, and God we trust. But you give rights. The Bible condemns homosexuality, man. They're still humans. Guess what? Read that again, Bible Kashar. I will send him against a hypocritical nation. A hypocritical nation. You make us swear on the Bible, but you judge us by your penal code system. You don't judge us by the law of God. How you don't, how you don't judge us? Still don't judge us, man. How you don't judge us? You can don't judge us. Yeah, these kids are done with it all. In fact, check out what happens when the buses actually do arrive.
they're cheering and chanting, let's go home, let's go home. So obviously these kids were sitting out. They, they got to see parts of D.C. after the march of, for their lives that they went to, march against abortion, and they were told, hey, meet back here at the, London, uh, the Lincoln Bridge, and we will come pick you up when the buses arrive. So they get back there, and of course, like I said, doesn't take much for somebody wanting to instigate a situation against people on the right to show up at a March for Our Life event and look for a red MAGA hat. And that's what they both did. The black Israelites, who are deemed by the Southern Poverty Law Center as being a militant group, so they're not exactly the glowing crew that you would think that they are. In fact, what's even crazier about them is this is the same crew that says, well, you know, Jesus, he wasn't a Jew, he was black because his hair was made of wool. No, no, he's a Jew. And that's where the olive skin and the woolly hair comes from because they have it too. But, you know, the black Israelites, no one's doxing them. They're allowed to, to spew their rhetoric around without any sort of media scrutiny. And now it comes out that this guy, Nathan Phillips, the Native American, first off, he didn't even go to Vietnam. He was a refrigerator repair uh, person with the military, didn't even serve in Vietnam. He went AWOL three times. It's amazing. The media has finally come to grips with the fact that this guy's military service is in question big time. Not only that, he was an activist. He showed up in the Skillricks, you know, the dubstep group uh, video where they are shooting at cops. He's been an activist against many different things like the Dakota Pipeline. And in fact, after this, he and some other indigenous activists decided to show up at a Catholic church later that day in order to bombard the church to where they had to put it on lockdown because he's going to go in there with his little drum. I tell you what, if I was Nick Sandsman, I would have ripped that drum out of his hand and started playing Moby Dick from Led Zeppelin. Or maybe I would have broke out YYZ from, from Rush. I would have pulled some Neil Pert on his little freaking hand drum. But that's just me. So what we're looking at is this is a news media narrative of complete, utter BS fabrication. And why would that be? Well, that's probably because of Donald Trump, and we need to go after Donald Trump. In fact, Whoopi Goldberg gets into it with Joy Behar on The View about this situation. And in fact, Joy Behar supports the assumption that I have. So the school kids were blamed for being the aggressors. But then the extended footage was released that showed a group of black Israelites mocking the kids and the Native American. Take a look. We are here to tell you what you have to do. You have to come away from the law. You have to come away from your religions, philosophies, and doctrines and start worshiping the true and living power, which, which his name is Yahweh. That's who's the, the most high God. That's right. Pompous bastards over there wearing Make America Great. That's right. Again. Little corny ass billionaire. Why are you not angry at Look. that? So many uh, people admitted they made snap judgments before these other facts came in. But is it that we just instantly say that's what it is based on what we see in that moment and then have to walk stuff back when it turns out we're wrong why is that why is do we keep making the same mistake because we because we're desperate to get trump out of office <laughs> that's why. not everybody though but what does that have to do 
I think that that's the reason. I think the press jumps the gun a lot because we just we have so much circumstantial evidence against this guy that we basically are hoping that, you know, Cohen's got the goods and what have you. And so it's wishful thinking. Now, the kids, a couple of the kids uh, that go to the school, one of which was actually there. The other one, I don't think he was. They made a statement about the situation. And I think you should probably take a moment and listen to it. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Grant. And we're here today to talk to you about how the recent negative media controversy has affected us as individuals and our school as a whole. Several media platforms blatantly lied about the events regarding the controversy in D.C., and it has affected us as a community and individuals greatly. There have been many threats um, against our lives, against our parents. Some of these threats include um, that we should all be locked in the school and it should be burnt to the ground, um, the school being bombed, uh, school shooting threats. Um, it's really scary. I know that a lot of people are scared to go to school tomorrow and won't be attending because of what could happen. There have been cops there ever since the incident, and I think there will be a lot more tomorrow. A lot of the negativity and the hate surrounding this event comes from people on social media doxing people that were at the event. I myself wasn't even present, but I'm very vocal about defending my school and my peers, and I have been doxed on three separate occasions. This has led to a tsunami of hateful messages and threats and everything above. I was also doxxed as well as my good friend Grant Neltner in a tweet. Uh, most of these, a lot of these doxxes have been deleted because they realized they were wrong and they don't want to face the backlash for it. Um, a lot of people's parents were also doxxed. Their work was called. Uh, I mean, this could like greatly affect their job. They could be fired. Like, there are real consequences for these actions and it all spews from a 30 second clip taken out of a two hour video out of context and people jump into conclusions before the before the full story is released. Nobody did their research and it's now showing. And how about Savannah Guthrie having uh, Nick Sandman on the Today Show? It's like when I heard that, I said, please, Savannah, don't cap him off at the knees. Let's watch her intimidate Mr. Sandman into thinking he is part of the problem. Do you feel from this experience that you owe anybody an apology? Do you see your own fault in any way? As far as standing there, I had every right to do so. I don't, I, my position is that I was not disrespectful to Mr. Phillips. I respect him. I'd like to talk to him. I mean, in hindsight, I wish we could have walked away and avoided the whole thing. And so now, because of what they're talking about, they can't even go to school. And then you get the you get the news media pumping out these stupid stories. NBC's out there going, this incident shows that after 500 years of Native American versus American citizen issues that, you know, we still have not solved the problem. You know, something to that effect. I'm like, you know what the trail of tears are in this situation? It's the trail of tears for the kids who cannot even trail their way to the school because the school's on lockdown because of idiots out there posting death threats, uh, trying to rally against the school, making it unsafe. Antifa's talking about going out there. And then you've got this bumbling fool who's out there just talking all types of smack about the kids and how they should be expelled.
We're willing to do this every month until the Archdiocese opens a dialogue with us about holding the students accountable, holding the staff accountable, holding the principal accountable, holding the superintendent accountable. Everybody needs to be held accountable, and they need to teach these children the truth. What does accountability look like to you? Do you want to see the kids expelled? I want to see the chaperones fired. I want to see the students. I would like to see them expelled myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd like to see them spelled. We need to keep the Superman attendant countable. I mean, this guy's, does he need a freaking red eye? <laughs> he sounds wasted. You know what they say about the hair of the dog, right? You bite the hair of the dog that bit you last night. What was that guy chewing on? What, what dog does that guy need to bite? Maybe that dog's name is Glid Finish. Sounds like he's been guzzling highballs of scotch. And he got into a drunken political rant at the bar. And then they were like, hey, let's go down to the Covington School. Keep the argument going. Get this guy some coffee and a cold shower stat. But, you know, they basically have made it unsafe for these kids to even go back to their school because of the doxing. And we can thank the media for this. And there's lawsuits coming. I mean, they have, <laughs> there are lawyers that are putting out lawsuits and they're going to follow through with them. One of them is doing it pro bono. And so I don't know how far he's going to get because it's really difficult with liable and slander suits. But obviously these kids were destroyed. Their lives are on display for everybody to see. They're being doxxed left and right. You got the diocese. NBC News, the Catholic diocese outside Cincinnati is investigating the actions of some of the high school students during the Indigenous Peoples March in Washington. The Diocese of Covington criticized any students who participated in the action, which broke out as a group from the school was in Washington for the March for Your Life and anti-abortion event. Its statement forwarded by Laura Keener, a spokeswoman for the diocese, singled out Nathan Phillips, a Vietnam War veteran and Omaha tribal elder. He wasn't a Vietnam veteran. Stop with that. And NBC doubles down, triples down. They're like, look at this, the diocese. They uh, they banished a gay valedictorian from his speech. Wrong campus, you fool. That was the Holy Cross School. Had nothing to do with the Covington Catholic School. But NBC wants to vilify them as being this evil entity. These bigoted Christians. Because it's always down to whether or not people should be, uh, you know, whether or not people should be, vilified because of their stance on LGBT QRS garbage, because that's what it is. You know, the whole marriage equality issue, same sex marriage, open the door for cake bakers to be destroyed, open the door for the kids, these Catholic kids to be destroyed. But you know what they didn't do? They didn't attack the intolerant anti LGBTQ black Israelites, did they? And no mention of that. And then they go on to say, well, you know, look, there's further racism because they attended a blackout basketball game where they were in blackface. Actually, they weren't in blackface. They were actually just wearing black body paint and black clothes because that's what you do at a blackout event. It's not an uncommon practice. It's been, but they say, well, it's been increasingly frowned upon by minority groups. Have they spoken up against the racial connotations because everything is racism. So that's the thing. What we've learned is this entire event was contrived. 
And it was built on the backs of the Red MAGA hat. The Red MAGA hat is the new KKK hood. The Red MAGA hat is fear. It is emotion over facts. It is smirking kids sneering at indigenous Native Americans who are Vietnam vets who fought for our country who weren't Vietnam vets and uh, their questionable uh, positions as elders in the Omaha uh, Native American tribe is kind of questionable. They're activists. Everything about this was pure fabricated garbage. So you just have to know that so that you're aware of the media narrative cycle. This cycle is going to come back around again. Just wait for it. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us on Mojo 5.0 every Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 p.m. Also on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also check us out Sunday morning, midnight. You can also get the the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Also, tune in, Overcast, Podbean, wherever podcasts are hosted. Check out the blog, adrianslateshow.com. Donate to patreon.com slash adrianslateshow or go to anchor.fm and you can also support financially the program by going to the site. Follow me on Twitter at Rants Out Loud and at Adrian Slade. We will see you guys next time.